everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Fulmer. Today, we have Nikita Thigpen on the show. Nikita is the founder and CEO of globally renowned Thig Pro Balance and Relationship Institute, a counseling service passionate about helping power couples and individuals build stronger families to prevent relational and marital devastation that often comes with professional success. Here to share her expert advice on how to revitalize your marriage and your life with the same intensity that you bring to work. Welcome relationship doctor, Nikita Thigpen. Hi, Nikita. So lovely to finally meet you. I can't even remember mm. how many times. I'm pretty sure I canceled on you several times. <laughs> so oh, I think too, oh. it was um, when we were introduced, it was like very close to our uh, self-lovecation, which is our six-week micro sabbatical. Yes. So I think that was part of yes. it too. Yes. Yeah. And I'm actually so glad you was literally on my notes to talk about because I remember getting that email and it was like the coolest thing. I love that you guys do that. Oh, thank you. Whether we're entrepreneurs or not, we all need to take these micro sabbaticals. I love it. We're going to talk about that. There's so many cool things that you do. (laughs) Thank you. I'm thrilled to talk about. Um, I love pressing rewind a little bit and talking about how you even got to where you are today. You have this amazing, you know, I call it a counseling program. I'm sure there's better terminology for Mm -hmm. it, but Mm -hmm. it's so cool what you do. And it's so niche down. And what I loved about the Institute that you run is the way that you describe power couples on your webpage. I'm reading it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my husband and me. (laughs) You know, it's like it resonated. And, you know, it's this weird sense of So my husband and I, to help set the narrative for this entire conversation, we're in marriage counseling right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like what, eight months ago, um, we have a lot going on in our lives, like a lot of people. And we looked at each other and we were like, how do we get out of this coworker state? Yeah. Right. Like we're not lovers right now. We're coworkers. And if we don't invest now, Mm -hmm. how do we get out of it? Like we can't assume it's just going to happen. And so we, you know, we started that journey and it's been hard. It's still hard, but it's, it's good. Like anything. Um, It's work. It is. It is work. And we don't talk about that enough. (laughs) And um, (laughs) yes, girl. Yeah. It's so many. And to, to your point, like most of my work is with complete discretion and anonymity mm -hmm. because it's hard, not only for people to talk about it with other people, but even within their Mm -hmm. own coupling, you know, regardless mm-hmm. of what their relationship looks like. So uh, oftentimes, even though I work with people, I cheekily say like from the bedroom to the boardroom, because the yeah. intimacy that happens there and all the passion also sparks your creativity and allows you to not have the brain fog and show up powerfully at work and all the different things. But often it's just such a sensitive topic. So mm-hmm. we we keep so much of it to the chest and there's all this inner, inner, inner circle work that's done, which is like a plus yeah. minus when you have a business, yeah. right? Cause I'm like, I'm not going to work with you and say, now let's record it. And then I'm going to put this in a vault for the upcoming people to see your pain, your joy, your secrets, your IP, when you're talking about mm-hmm. how it's impacting your business. But then new people coming in are like, oh, I'd love to see some uh, success stories. I'm like, go to LinkedIn, look at recommendations. That is as far as you're going to go. Because unless one of my clients airs them out, I can't do it. Like it's just from mm-hmm. a space of integrity. And it's such yeah. an interesting thing too, because I think what 
for me, my issue that I have as a society, and we can dive into this more, but I mean, literally the title of this podcast, Imperfectly Empowered, is this concept that the sooner we can start embracing the struggle and that's, you know, one of the conversations here is helping people understand they're not alone yeah. and that our value isn't in the prettiness of life. Our value yes. isn't having it all together. Our value and our worth is not found in making sure our family looks all put together or we're Come successful on. because we're making a lot of money, right? Like that's not where our value is. And yet, if we're honest, we believe it is because mm-hmm. therein lies the reason why we won't share the struggle and the fact that we're not perfect. Right. That part. And, you know, so, yeah. keeping up with the Joneses, all all of those, you know, full pas statements and all of that are yeah. true, <laughs> yeah. which I hate to yeah. say it, but yeah. Yeah. So anyway, for you listening, you know, anyone that is meeting me for the first time through Nikita or whether you are listening for the first time and meeting Nikita, you know, from my heartbeat is that we embrace the struggle. We normalize the struggle. I am trying to do this in a way where people feel empowered that, you know what, it is not my value um, found in the prettiness and that we need to actually dismantle this concept that. Um, for some reason, struggle is in fact a negative thing and we empower each other. We're not alone. And we are going to learn from Nikita. I'm so excited to dive in, but tell me how you even got to what you're doing. Yeah. Like, how did well, we even get here? Like how how much time do we have for this recording? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Amen. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> right. One of those. Um, I guess I'll start in the more recent, in the last 12 plus years. So my company that I own with my husband is, it was born in 2011. Uh, And when we first started, I was coming out of my other primary hat. So my foundation is I'm a licensed clinical social worker and trauma specialist by foundation for 20 plus years before I became an entrepreneur. Um, And then I have a, a bunch of other certifications and credentials because I'm a nerd and a learner. And, you know, when you are that person, you don't apologize that. for it. Right. But then yeah. there's so many things that we could have a whole podcast on, like, why all of the sexology and relationship expertise and why all the other things. And honestly, it's all linked to when I was seeing people in this space of brokenness, which is totally okay, because I do believe that we do have to break open. And for some of us, that does mean being in this space where you feel like this breakdown is not ending. It does. You do finally hit the bottom of the slide. You do finally spread your legs open. I mean that in so many positive ways, but you Mm -hmm. spread your, your legs open when you fall to the bottom and say, whoa, like I'm here because now the shifts can happen. And some of those shifts that people were getting stuck at were around their relationships, their intimacy romantically, as well as platonically, their relationships and intimacy with their parents, with their children, if they happen to be Mm -hmm. parents themselves, with their BFFs, with their business partners. Like I was seeing all these other intimacy issues come up, which is why I kind of went further away from trauma, even though it's all Mm -hmm. very connected and deeper into what I call relationship intimacy, 360 degrees, because I do believe that it's not just you having a close relationship with your lover. It's a deep relationship with anyone who you value to have in your estate, your heart, to really welcome into your emotional home and see you naked. We're not going to let everybody come into the kitchen with us, right? Like the kitchen for most women 
listening to this is where we we talk it up. Like we chop it up, we get real, we get honest. There might be some cussing and fussing that's happening mm-hmm. because we feel comfortable. It's not necessarily how we treat the people in the living room though. In the living room, mm-hmm. it's, would you like some more tea? How can I help you, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're very polite mm-hmm. and very formal, even though we are also intimate with them at a very superficial level. It is not the same version of Nikita in the kitchen Mm -hmm. as it is in the living room when you have company. And a lot of these things were showing themselves when I was working with people as a psychotherapist that I wanted to help in such a more broad way. I wanted to do more than my clinical bubble, my license, the insurance, all of that would kind of allow me to do. And that's when I tacked on all the other expertise through our personal development company, or now where I get to play with these power couples and potent humans. And I work is play for me when I'm doing it well. The power couples for me, like yourself and your husband, is not about how much money you have. Yes, you do have to have some money. This is a business. I do need you to invest in yourself, right? But it's really about you being a philanthropist and influential in your industry, as well as an advocate for disproportionately affected people. Like those things matter. I don't want to work with people who are so stuck on themselves and all they care is you know, what E St. Laurent belt can they buy, the Birkin bag that they're getting for their four-year-old. Like that's not the person that I'm looking to work with unless that person is also doing all the other things. They're being philanthropic. They're, you know, being an advocate. That matters to me because our bigger mission is building stronger families that create these new multi-generational imprints from their own self-actualized wholeness. Your legacy in your business portfolio, fantastic. That's not the thing that I want to say. Like I worked with her because she made a lot of money. I worked with her because she impacted so many souls. She left Mm. this imprint where this 10-year-old, this 15-year-old, this 55-year-old stranger says, I remember her. I remember Mm. when she was kind to me, just sitting at the cafe when she didn't have to be or he didn't have to be. Those Mm. are the souls that I'm really drawn to and attracted to. And I call them potent humans, which sometimes they look like that when they come into the couple, they're the power couple, but sometimes the individual soul wants to do their own work. And that's chef's kiss for me. Like, yes, you Mm want to do your own work without Mm -hmm. waiting for the other person to be ready. Mm -hmm. Yes, honey, bring it on. Um, And sometimes their work and the ripple from their life and all the great things they're doing, recognizing their own patterns being self-aware, being in a space of self-realization, all those things usually lights up the other half, their soul's half, their forever mm. lover to say, what are you doing? How long you been doing it? I need to come mm. in and do it too. And that's typically how the power couples come in. Hey parents. Yeah, you. Are you looking for a podcast your kids will really love? Well, we made one just for you. And for us. As genuine, all-natural kids ourselves, we know what makes a fun and interesting podcast. So we decided to make it ourselves. Every show is packed with interviews, stories, and on-the-ground reporting. We have interviewed everyone from scientists to Grammy Award-winning musicians to NFL quarterbacks. Listen to Wild Interest wherever you get your podcasts. It's such an interesting concept, um, this balance of you know, you, you pour so much into success in life, whether it be at work. I mean, this is something my husband and I are talking about now. It's like, we've each been gifted uniquely by God to be able to serve people well. And we've been given different gifts. 
And we've also been given this incredible gift of being a spouse and Mm -hmm. being a parent. Yeah. And so there's this constant balance of being faithful to the calling we've received professionally, if you will, but then also being faithful to the commitments that we have made personally in our marriage and as parents. And, you know, I have said many times that I don't believe God would call me to something at the expense of my marriage or my family. But it does mean that I'm human and the struggle is very real. And like this program I'm rolling out in January, I firmly believe it's going to be successful and it's going to take a lot from me and I'm going to do a lot of things not well (laughs) because I'm human, you know, and it's like I, I own that. I embrace that. You know, I've already, you know, been there, done that and had to pull back on things and let go of things because my marriage was like, nope, this needs more of me right now. So I say that only to say, I think this struggle is just so real for many of us. And we tend to lean to the extremes. It's like, no, I need to go a hundred percent to my business because that a hundred percent needs me. Yeah. And my family, my, my spouse, like we'll be okay, mm-hmm. except we won't be right. We all know that right. statistics right. speak for themselves. It's not going to work out. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, on the flip side, it's like, well, no, I can't actually be a professional. I can't lean into this calling because I need to just commit to my children, especially the mom guilt thing Mm -hmm. and my Mm -hmm. spouse. So I'm setting that up to, I guess, say like what, because I think this is a very real struggle for many of us. What would you say to that person who is sitting here right now, feeling that and nodding to themselves in their car, wherever they're listening and thinking like, yeah, that's me. That's me. Like, what would you say in your years of experience? Uh, It's going to jar a lot of people. uh, But for anyone who is brand new to me, just be okay with being awkward with me right now. (laughs) So a huge part, right? (laughs) A huge part of what I teach is about being intentionally selfish. Um, I literally wrote a book about it. It's it's not a how-to book. It's not, here's your 10 steps to do why. Mm -hmm. It's, this is what it looks like not being selfish. This is how my life could have been if I would have continued not being selfish. And when I chose to save myself by being selfish, this is how my life then became, which is why I'm a huge advocate for truly being intentionally selfish. And I'm also a lazy overachiever, which is a whole nother thing. And both of those things took me a long time to embrace because I was a version of the first example you use with the woman who felt like she had to choose. And in choosing that made it very difficult for me not to resent myself, not to resent the people that I worked really hard for. My husband and I have been together since we were 17, married since 22, but together since 17 and friends since 13. We've been together a really long time. We really grew up to each other in all the crazy ways, like all the mistakes that you can make when you've known someone since you were a peepod. We we definitely made them um, without you know, physically harming each other or any of that. And in the process of that, I was coming from this space of huge abuse, everything that you can think of. I've been through it, sexual abuse, intimate partner violence. Like I've been through all the things, both watching my parents and being a direct impacted soul of it. It's probably why I became a trauma specialist and I worked Mm -hmm. in emergency rooms for 10 years and all the things. Mm -hmm. It's probably what led me to, you know, supporting Mm -hmm. so many people that way. But in all of that, I thought that I had to work really, really hard to give my children, my family, 
our nucleus a opportunity to not be caught in that poverty cycle, which I thought was the blame for why my mother would allow herself to be in these relationships. And that's the younger part of me saying allow, right? That's not the adult version of me saying allow, but the younger version of me seeing what she accepted from these men, including my father before they divorced and all the things. And even after they divorced and how he got to come back and forth and do the things, even though he had a whole new family that he had started. And me seeing my grandmother deal with that from my grandfather and all the different layers of that and seeing other cousins and friends. Whereas my husband, his family, his dad was an architect and a professor. His mom was a stay-at-home mom, 40 plus years married. If you didn't know inside the, the curtain, you would just be like, these are two completely different people. But we both had really similar pain. His dad was always working. So everything mm. fell on his mom, my mother in love, which is what I call her. She's my mom too. And seeing that single momness that she was feeling, like they weren't coworkers, they weren't roommates. She was very much like a single mom who mm. had a husband who would provide the staples, but there wasn't all of that emotional juiciness that we want. On my side, I saw really hardworking women. One thing I can say about every single woman in my life, they would hold three, four, five jobs. So guess what Nikita did? She would hold mm -hmm. down three, four, five jobs. And even when she became an entrepreneur, which was just the one that was the one focus 12 and a half, almost 13 years ago, I wore 35 hats. Because what CEO, when you're an entrepreneur, is the chief right. everything yeah. officer, right? <laughs> Amen. Preach. Right, right. You know what I mean? And yes. because I was already, I was equipped. I was so available and ready mentally in my mindset to do all the things because I mm. hadn't been taught to let go. Mm. And I, I don't just mean that physically. I don't just mean yeah. that financially, right? I mean yes. it in all the ways. It was, oh no, we are loyal. Yes. We hold Because that's part of your value. That's part, part of, of your worth. Part of the sure. worth. And so sure. for a lot of the humans that are listening to this, part of the challenge with being intentionally selfish and embracing a little lazy and all the things is, oh, no, no, no. I'm a hard worker. I'm a doer. I'm a get her doneer. You know, all the little terms that we say, what's the nomenclature now is I'm a bad boss bitch. You know, all, all of this other <laughs> language that people are Just using. Search which, Pinterest. You'll find something. Right. right? Oh. And, and people are really vying to this hustle and bustle grind yes. culture because fear of missing yeah. out, right? That because mm -hmm. of uh, the Joneses down the street have said, this is what you're supposed to have to look like you're successful. What they're not mm -hmm. talking about are the midnights being laid out on the bathroom floor. Because for most mamas, it's the only place you can get some privacy, assuming mm -hmm. the kids are asleep, is in the bathroom mm -hmm. with the door closed for 10 mm -hmm. minutes, right? Mm -hmm. And in that 10 minutes, they're melting. And they're, everything is falling apart and they're screaming inside their hands and they're crying and they're looking for a break. And their mind might even be wandering into, I should just take more pills. I should just drink more wine. Mm -hmm. I should just, right? What, whatever those just were. For me personally, which was one of the reasons I wrote Selfish, Permission to Pause, Live, Love, and Laugh Your Way to Joy, plug. <laughs> great, great title. Great title. <laughs> we'll make sure that's included in the show notes, by the way, guys. Thank you. Great title. The reason that uh, I wrote it is because my addiction wasn't any of those things. My addiction mm. was stress. And I had to mm. look at what was my challenge. Like I had stayed away from drugs and alcohol. I had stayed away from promiscuous behavior. I had stayed away from so many of the things that you're like, you know, seen as a bad human for. 
But what I had went towards was doing the thing that people validated me for. Like, oh my God, Nikita, all the degrees, all the certifications, all you're so brilliant, you're so profound. It didn't fill me to have them say it, but it made me feel comfortable continuing on the path of doing too much. What did they say? Team too much? It was team too much, but everyone else is validating team too much until one of them end up in the hospital. And then they want to tell you, oh, we should probably slow down. Like we, we need to calm down because they've hit that wall. You don't usually give yourself permission to slow down until you're sitting in a hospital, so to speak, with an IV in your arm. But why does it have to come to that? Why do we need yeah. to have... Or your um, marriage is falling apart. Or your marriage is Or falling there's apart. infidelity because you're infidelity. strangers and That's right. fill in the blank. Yes. Right. And, and if you have children, your children right. are a mirror, right? Like they right. are mirroring. They don't understand all the words. They don't understand all the things that are happening in the adult world with money and finances and all the things. But when they're acting out profusely and you can't mm-hmm. get a handle on them, when you feel mm-hmm. like they're not hearing you and you're saying the simplest things because they're like, you're telling me to do one thing, but I'm seeing you do something else. Mm. That's, the math is not mathing, as the kids would say. It's not adding up. And so at some point we have to say, let's not be a hypocrite. So what does that yeah. look like? How do I give myself that spaciousness to your question? For me, it's literally being intentionally selfish. And I say intentionally very specifically. It's not to be in your ego. It's not mm-hmm. to push other people down or make people feel like, you know, they can't get 10 you know within 10 feet of you it's to give yourself that spaciousness you need to create joy you can't do it if you don't have time to do your own self acceptance work if you don't have time for self forgiveness and i'm saying self for a reason it's easy to say i forgive you honey i love mm-hmm. you i forgive you we're going to go to counseling we're going to go to a count a coach we're going to go to advisor we're going to do whatever we're going to get through this And part of the biggest issue is you're saying you forgive this person and you really, really mean it, but you haven't forgiven yourself. You Mm -hmm. haven't forgiven yourself for being in this situation where you feel like, well, what did I cause? What did I do? And there there might be a part that you played in some of it, right? Like maybe not necessarily calling them all kinds of names on a regular basis Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. maybe not making Mm -hmm. him feel like he he can't be heard or seen or appreciated. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, there's some components, but does that mean that you caused his behavior? Nope, it doesn't. But you're blaming yourself, which is part of why counseling for some people isn't enough. Counseling is really, really important. And I believe every therapist should have a therapist. So I am a huge person Mm. who stands on that hill. Mm. At the same time, for many of us, it's not just the deep rooted issue with the person. It's the script that was created when we were so much younger that told us we weren't enough and we had to handle this. We had to receive this. We had to accept this. This is what we deserve. There's so many other layers that come into that. And that's a deeper part of the the root to thread work that I do, um, Mm -hmm. not as a counselor, but as a balance and relationship advisor using those tools to help people see what's the thing that's really keeping you at this point? Because technically you're doing all the things. You're growing. You you have the portfolio. Your business is good. You're making money. Like technically on paper, in front of the curtain, it looks well. Yes. But I keep seeing you on the floor. I keep mm-hmm. seeing the bathroom floor version of you. What's happening mm-hmm. here? What's the disconnect? And that's where a lot of the work is needed. And often is to help them with the mindset of it's okay to be intentionally selfish mm-hmm. 
for you to do what you need to do to refuel and to recharge and to honestly, to be able to relax your nervous system so you can get a handle Mm -hmm. on yourself Mm -hmm. again and not constantly be in this toxic relationship deja vu cycle with yourself. Right. There's a really beautiful duality to what you're saying, because I think the interesting tension that we have here is in order to be intentionally selfish, it also requires a degree of humility. Yes. Where ultimately you have to stand back and you you said this, and and I'm I've experienced this where it's like you have to stand back and recognize I am part of the problem. Yes. And I am not perfect. And I am doing things poorly. Mm-hmm. Like you just said, I'm doing things poorly. That does not inherently mean somebody else does not have control of their own reactions, their own choices. We can't take ownership of everything because that's not appropriate either. However, we have to be able to humbly say, okay, I am a problem, part of the problem. And then owning that part of it, then it's like, okay, now that I recognize that it is within my power to make the choice to be intentionally selfish, where now I work on my issues Mm -hmm. for the sake of my own joy and my own freedom and my own health so that ultimately then I can create an even bigger impact in the world. And it's like that weird tension of, you know, and I think that's where a lot of us, that's where a lot of us miss the boat and where it's so hard because many of us are like, yes, intentionally selfish, but then we're like, oh, but this also means that I have to acknowledge that I'm a mess. Right, right. So Nikita and I are, well, if you're listening, we are welcoming you with open arms to join the mess. Yes. Come girl, come. We are welcoming you to join the mess because we are all imperfect. And uh, anyways, so I just, it's really beautiful what you're saying because it's something that um, it takes a lot of work and a lot of support. And it's a beautiful thing that you're offering to people to be able to do. Nikita, okay, this is really simple. It's like, would you rather two options, no stress, whichever comes to mind first, would mm-hmm. you rather a baked good or a milkshake? Mm, definitely a milkshake. Cause I'm gluten-free and most baked goods are disgusting. <laughs> well, then that's a fair. Okay. What kind of milkshake is your go-to? Uh, I'm pea protein, a chocolate pea protein shake okay. with sweet Zen basil and a little bit of superfood. I'm simple. Super specific. <laughs> I love it. Super specific. Chocolate and basil is not two I would have thought of mixing. It's delicious. That's hilarious. I will take your word for it. <laughs> um. Okay. Would you rather watch baseball or watch basketball? Definitely basketball. Basketball. Is there like a specific sport in your home? Or are you guys not really? Oh my God. My, my husband is all the sports, um, but basketball is the one that I can tolerate because they get to watch the men w- run around in cute little shorts. But that's about it. I'm, I'm that wife that's like, yay, honey, whatever you're excited for as I'm reading my book or listening to a podcast. That's so, yeah. hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. Is football watched in your home? Yes. 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 It's big, big, big football. That's so funny. Yeah. Basketball is it's a long season. That's my mm-hmm. thing about basketball. I feel like so it never long. stops. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. And it hits all the major holidays like Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And if it's early enough, Easter. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Thankfully, my kids are all probably not going to be super tall. So I don't think basketball is in our future. <laughs> I don't know. Praise I don't know the Lord. Wasn't that tall. So I don't know. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. He also had a vertical like as big as he was. <laughs> um, would you rather go shoe shopping mm-hmm. or clothing shopping? Oh, that's a good one. Because I am honestly not a shopper at all. I will oh, say. Okay. I'll say. Yay. We were meant to be friends. I'm with you there. <laughs> right. Like it's just not my, you know, I, I like nice yeah. things, but I don't necessarily want to spend eight hours looking for them. Amen. Yeah. 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 So I'll you said shoes. shoes if you had to do one of them too. Yeah. yeah. I am a shoe lover for sure. That's <laughs> like my one fashion weakness, if you will. But I'm with you. I'm like Amazon. Click that. Try part. them all on at home. Send them back. Yes. I'm not, I'm not a shopper either. <laughs> um, would you rather garden or cook? Oh, so the 2023 version of Nikita wants to say garden because I'm I'm like a plant auntie. Like I'm trying to become a plant uh, mom. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm trying. Um, cooking is yep. an easier default because my husband used to do all the cooking till about 10 years ago. Mm. Um, and I'm trying, I'm really trying, Anna. I'm trying to like it. I'm trying to like it. <laughs> I hear that. I can like keeping my three children alive is, I mean, plants, it's like, forget it. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) three children are fed. Great. (laughs) That's why I don't have animals either. I'm like, I don't need a dog. I have three children. Oh, Uh, no. And and they are like very much like children. So yes. (laughs) Yes. I mean, even plants, like the amount of care to keep some of these plants alive. I'm like, girl, I don't have time for that. Right. Like it, it's a whole thing. I use an app. I'm I'm like, I'm so serious. Oh, that's crazy. An app that that's reminds so me water, mist, fertilize, and then I click it. And if okay, I'm okay, wait, what app? What app was it called? Plantin. Plant P-L-A-N-T-I-N, I think. Plantin. And it like you just uh, take a picture of your plant. It tells you what kind it is and ah. it tells you what how much light, you know, it tells you all the things. And then Ooh, you can set it up. And it'll remind Valuable you. knowledge. Because mm-hmm. I, so we're building a home right now um, that we should be in by next summer. And I have dreams like you <laughs> of gardening. I love the concept of gardening. I'm big into whole food nutrition. It's really important to me. So I love yes. the concept of it. Yeah. The I'm execution of it is a whole nother, but that is gold. So you guys plant in P-L-A-N-T-I-N. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see if we can find the link. See if my editor can find it and drop it in the in the notes, but that's fantastic. It's cool. It's, it's, it's really one. cool. And it'll tell you, you can scan if your plant looks a little sick and it'll tell you what's wrong with it. It's a pretty cool app. That's amazing. I wish <laughs> I had one of those for my kids. Right. Scan my child. Here's when to water it. Here's when to. <laughs> and for different parts of the business, scan this. What's, what's going on Amen. here? Amen. <laughs> that's right. Yes. Just tell me what to do. We just created um, somebody's billion dollar uh, app. They were going to listen to this and take it. That's yes. right. <laughs> Just remember us for the royalties. We'll take some of that. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are so many things that we could dive into with your expertise, but a, a couple of things, and you can feel free to dive into areas that are more applicable. But I would love to talk about a couple of things that you mention on your website and, you know, if making it applicable to women like myself, like we've identified, but also just relationships. Nikita said this too. You know, my husband and I are both, we're high achievers. This is something we talk about a lot is a lot of times in an entrepreneurial relationship, one of the two is the more like bold go-getter achiever. 
Um, the other one's more like the silent servant and it's beautiful. And I love when I see couples that are like that. My husband and I are not like that. We're mm-hmm. both high achievers. We both have two master's degrees. We have both, you know, with a great team, like built programs from the ground up. Um, and so we often look at each other and we're like, we overwhelm each other, right? Yeah. Because we're both like, go, go, go. Um, we also uh, support each other really well because there's a mutual understanding mm-hmm. and an excitement for each other's um, accomplishments and success. So it, there's um, interesting like give and take there. So speaking to either the couple who is similar to that or is just simply, like you said, busy. Yeah. Busy in their own areas of life and could be high achievers in other ways, or they are in business together. I think what you offer is applicable to pretty much any couple is where I'm going with this. You guys, for those of you listening, don't tune out because you're like, we're not a power couple. You probably are. Right. So just take everything that she's saying. And um, I think it's going to be applicable. But one of the things that I want to talk about is your micro sabbatical concept. So you guys, I emailed her, but I don't even know when it was. And I got this automatic email response back. And I can't remember exactly what it said, but it said something like our entire office is out of the office for, it was like X amount of weeks. And we do not take six, Mm -hmm. six weeks. We don't take emails. Like literally there was just an auto response. I didn't hear anything Mm -hmm. back except I replied. I replied back and I was like, this is amazing. Good for you. (laughs) I was like, this is so cool. So tell me about this concept of leveraging micro sabbaticals. You specifically say leverage mm-hmm. micro sabbaticals to work less and trust more. Yes. Love that. Talk yeah. to me about that. And I actually uh, refined it even more to trust your inner brilliance more because mm-hmm. that's usually what comes up. Like, how do I know? When do I know? And often the answer is right there. It's just mm-hmm. under so much confusion and frustration, I call it calcified chaos. It's like cemented over your truth. That's right there. You just got to chisel at it. So micro sabbatical started for us uh, close to 11 years ago. It really legit is like 10 years ago. But the first summer I tried it, it didn't go well because I didn't realize how much of the the doer, 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 go, go, go that I was still struggling with. So I took off about four weeks. Um, We didn't have a, a big team at the time. We don't have a big team now. We're a very boutique business, but it was just a few of us. And I was like, all right, we're going to take off. But we were technically closed and I was still working, which is why I'm like, I really don't count that first summer because I was still doing all the behind the scenes stuff that we have to do, all the tech stuff when no one's answering the phone. And this was pre-COVID. And then I got really serious about it because I wanted to be a reflection. We are a balance and relationship management institute. And I really wanted to reflect that in every way. And I was like, well, not everyone has to take off two, four, or six weeks at a time. Um, That's actually only one of our micro sabbaticals. We do a couple through the year, but the summer is like the juicy meat one, selfishly, because my birthday and anniversary is in the middle of the summer. So so a lot of what I, what I teach for the potent humans, which are the women founders and entrepreneurs and execs, they're typically the ones that are like, I need to do more of this. We do mm-hmm. it in 10 minute increments. If I can get you to have 10 minutes of guilt-free time and then build up from there, 20 minutes, 90 minutes, a day, a, a half day, a full day, a weekend, and kind of go from there then you're more likely to be able to move into a fuller sabbatical, not just for yourself, but for your team. If you have that authority in your organization or in your business to be able to set that up. 
And there's all kinds of logistics that go to it when you're paying uh, consultants and outsourced personnel versus in-house people, of course. But logistically, it's really dealing with the guilt and the shame that's keeping you from honoring that you deserve that time. You're better when you have that time. And I say it for to couples as well, not just individuals and organizations. When you miss each other for a couple of days, the sex is so much better when you come back together, right? Like the energy is so much better. The eye contact is so much better. The the playfulness, the teasing, the flirting is so much better when you have a little Assuming space. you have that healthy foundation. Yes, of course, of yes. course. Assuming yes. that you're not in like a toxic loop right, of any right. kind. Um, but when you have it, it really, really can be better. Now, if you are in that, obviously we got some work to do. We got to sure. get you right. safe right. with each other, get you trusting each other again, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. reminding you that you have to trust your intuition first, which actually sounds more simpler than it is. Like it technically is simple, but not easy for people to really mm-hmm. trust themselves because there's so much noise. In the 2020s, we have social media telling you that you should look like this, you should dress like this, you should be like this, you should be flaunting or flossing like that. And that's not the reality for everybody's want to, which for me is a part of my definition, my formula for balance is admit the truth of what you want more than anything, not just what you need, but what you want over the boundaries that you're willing to create to achieve that truth as reality. So if I can get you to admit what you really want, hey, I actually don't want a business with 100 employees. I actually Mm. don't want to have my kids in 18 different activities because all of my neighbors say that that's what you're supposed to do so Mm. they can get into these colleges, but they're five guys. They're five years Mm -hmm. old right now. We We don't need to do that unless that's your want to. And is it is it truly your one to, or did your mom plant a seed that you'll mm. be less than, or you're not considered as successful without this mm. degree or this background, or your kids going to this boarding school, right? Like yes. looking at what I call expire expectations is a huge part of the work that mm. I do because it's not just the expectations of those other peripheral people who you love, mm-hmm. who love mm-hmm. you, who matter to you. But it's Mm -hmm. also those expectations that you had of yourself that expired Mm -hmm. because they don't serve you Mm -hmm. anymore. 20 plus year old Nikita had a very different version of what her life was going to be than 40 plus year old Nikita. And if I would still hold myself to the want to's of 20 plus year old Nikita, I would feel like a failure because there's so many things that were on that checkbox list that I don't even think about, let alone care about. Mm -hmm. But if that's where you're holding yourself, then you're literally stifling your dreams and suffocating because of expectations that no longer support, serve, or allow you to thrive. And for Mm -hmm. some of us, it's also the expectations of our parents or that gym Mm -hmm. teacher that told you you couldn't or the dance teacher that told you were too Mm -hmm. skinny, too fat, too wide, too short, too tall, whatever the case is. So a lot of it is really kind of descripting people from all of those unfortunate patterns that have kind of entangled, I'm careful with that word in the age of Will and Jada, but kind of entangled us Mm -hmm. in so many ways Mm -hmm. and really help you fly. But you can't do that if you're still trapped in those old ways of beings and that old way has become your prison. So a lot of the power couple work is similar to the potent human work. It's just we're also dealing with the dual dynamic. When I love the the what you said about expired expectations, I think step number one, because this is so applicable to marriage for sure. I mean, so mm-hmm. much of the work that you do is like you just said, it is narratives that were formed when you were very young. 
um, and then continued to build on itself as you got older. And the expired expectations piece is one that I think that's worth settling on for a second. Because I think if we look at ourselves individually, especially in marriage, and ask ourselves these questions, it's also really healthy to evaluate how it's impacting Mm -hmm. our mutual goals as a couple and how much are we being held back by these expired expectations. Um, How would we identify an expired expectation? Because I think that's half of the challenge is we don't even recognize that this is an expired expectation, meaning this is not actually something I really want. I'm exhausted. I'm overwhelmed. My kids are in a gazillion things. Like you just said, they're young. Mm-hmm. And yet I don't seem to be able to make the connection that, well, maybe I would be less exhausted and overwhelmed if my kid only did one thing a year. Yeah. Because because they're seven mm-hmm. <laughs> or, mm-hmm. or whatever. So how do we even recognize something as an expired expectation or something that is not actually serving, serving us well? So I usually walk people through a like joy map method is like part of our proprietary system and we do mm-hmm. a joy line. So doing a joy line, we usually walk back depending on the circumstances, anywhere from six to nine months. And in walking back, you know, most of us will think of all the negative things that have happened. And that's just law of negativity bias. It's normal. You'll get a hundred compliments, but one not so good. And all you can think about is the one not so good. So I do a little reversal of that with the joy map line. And we're literally mapping out all of the things that lit you up over that, let's say six months, if we're just going in that period. So we'll look at, this is at the time of this recording, we're in November. So we look November, October, September, go all the way back if my math is right, roughly till May-ish. Mm-hmm. And we would go back and say, well, okay, well, what happened um, this week in November? Well, this is the week of so-and-so date. What, what lit you up? Nothing lit me up. Nothing at all made you excited, made you feel good, made you feel nourished, made you feel appreciated. Like I walked through specific prompts. Nope, nothing. Okay. Let's go back a little bit further. Sometimes we have to use milestones like birthdays or holidays or anniversaries to pull people in. And it also tells me if someone is dealing with like situational depression, because mm-hmm. that apathy mm-hmm. doesn't allow them to even really highlight something that made them excited at that time because they're in such a lull at that particular time. So assuming that those things aren't present, um, usually someone will say, well, I was really happy when I was... <laughs> I'll pick on gardening. When I was outside on the balcony, watering my aloe plants and just being able to breathe in nature, I could hear the Mm -hmm. kids playing down below. They were playing soccer in the backyard and the dog, the cat and the frog were also playing and nothing was getting knocked over. All right. What about that lit you up? So we kind of go deeper, deeper, Mm -hmm. deeper, and then we get to a space where we can dare. And the dare part of that is daring them to recreate some of these moments to see if it gives them the same lit upness as it did when it was organic. And that's part of the accountability work, if you will, in between Mm -hmm. sessions. So when they dare themselves to try to recreate, and of course, we're very specific in the recreation based on the markers that they've said, like this thing here, lit me up this other thing. And and let's say a third thing, let's put them together and see what really works. If you can recreate that and it's giving you nearly as much joy, maybe even more because you kind of controlled it and recreating, then there's something really juicy about that. So then I'll ask them, well, where does this show up in your day-to-day or your Mm week-to-week life? It really Mm -hmm. doesn't. That was a one-off. I don't really get a chance to do it unless 
you know, it's my birthday and my husband takes the kids away for a few hours. Like I only get it once a year. Well, how would it feel? Just sit with me. I want you to embody it. How would it feel to have this happen every Monday? The same experience, the same, oh my God, there's no way. Don't think about the impossibilities, Mm. infinite possibilities. So we walk them through the whole thing. And a lot of it really is bringing you back into this immersive experience of your own joy. Nothing Nikita is doing. I'm just helping you re-immerse in that Mm -hmm. and kind of embody it in all of your five senses. So I do walk them through, like you got to touch, taste, smell, Mm -hmm. all of the experience Mm -hmm. to in a guided imagery way, kind of get that neurobiology working Mm -hmm. to really bring you into the experience if I did my job right. And having you have that, now if you can see that more often, what's keeping you from being able to do that? Uh, Well, Nikita, I got 25 reports a week. I got an audit Mm -hmm. this week. I have that, right? Like all the things. Mm -hmm. Some are very time-specific and temporary. Some things are rote and ongoing that we're holding on. Like that example I used at the start of our session, when I talked about being used to five hats that have became the CEO for real in my business mm-hmm. and I was wearing all 35, like it was normal and mm-hmm. not understanding that it doesn't have to be that way. So adrenal fatigue, cortisol levels, all of those things are impacted because you are team too much. So what happens if you remove some of those things, delegate, defer, delete in some situations because mm-hmm. some things we're holding on because we just we're so used to doing them we think we have to yep. but the metrics mm-hmm. are actually saying why are you doing this yeah um, right. and if they don't have metrics in place we you know we talk about that as well mm-hmm. if they're if they happen to be a business owner so kind of bringing them into that and then tearing it apart to see how we can make more room for it that's mm-hmm. often how people will see that some of the things they thought they had to do they don't really need to do mm-hmm. for some other people I have to be way more brute for brute force and say, it's 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You are not going to be on this earth in 12 more hours. What's coming off your plate? Mm. And I have to really take them into a a much, I hate to say darker place, but that really is like they have to be forced Mm. into that space because otherwise they'll get into analysis paralysis with the longer way that I was just talking about. Right. Um, and usually when I tell people they got 12 hours, nope, you don't got time to send an email. You don't have time for second testing. You don't have time for anything mm-hmm. else. What is no longer on your plate? That's when people get really honest. Well, I want to spend mm-hmm. time with my lover. I want to tell my mother how I really feel, you know, and I want to forgive mm-hmm. her for real versus mm-hmm. me just saying it and over Thanksgiving dinner or whatever. And mm-hmm. when we come into that place, that's often how they can look at those other kind of shards that are tearing out of their life and tearing through their soul that have Mm -hmm. been there. And they just thought it was normal part of the pain. Yeah. You said something that I think is so applicable and, you know, I want to encourage you listening. Maybe you don't even work outside of the home. Give me a minute here because I'm going to help you see how everything that she is saying, whether you're a stay at home mom or you are like a high executive, what she's saying is so applicable to all of us as humans And you said something like, what keeps us from taking that step? You know, you asked that question, like we have to ask ourselves, what is keeping us from taking away some of those things that we think we have to do? And, you know, I'll throw out in my own life, I think something that I've really had to come to is this concept of so much of what I hustle to do is because I'm not satisfied with enough. And there's this constant pursuit for more. 
And I mean, welcome to America, right? We are so blessed here. We are so blessed, but this is a very American mindset. And it is this concept of hustle, hustle, hustle Mm -hmm. with endless pursuit of enough. And we're rarely actually satisfied. And so I have had to, in my own life, be able to recognize that half of the battle is simply just saying deep breath. I'm not going to do that thing. I'm not going to say yes to this, even though it might be good, but it might not be right because I just need to enough. This is enough. And I'm satisfied. And so I think that is half the battle for us is we are constantly pursuing more and we just need to be able to say yes to less and be satisfied and say enough in so many areas of our life. So, you know, for the stay at home mom, where do you just need to say yes to less and be content with enough? Oh, I love that so much. I love how you worded it too. It's the other podcast that we have the Balanced Bully podcast, but the Lazy Overachiever is the one that's coming up in the next few weeks. And mm, that one, awesome. thank you. It was born from this very specific issue is mm. there's so mm. many of us overachieving, high achieving, mm-hmm. ambitious mm-hmm. go-getters, first partaker mm-hmm. over here mm-hmm. that Amen. also when they came into a space of understanding that you can, you can have both, you just have to kind of meter yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Honor your need for rest and relaxation and recharging as much as you honor your need to dominate whatever that Mm -hmm. obstacle, that sprint, that project, that goal is. And -hmm. when you can put them on the same priority line, it shifts you internally. Mm -hmm. It really shifts things when you don't have it as a a vertical stack, but you actually put it on a parallel line. Like, you know what? Nikita's not kind when she doesn't have 8.25 hours of sleep. Right. <laughs> She's that's right. That point two five people don't know, miss the, it. The point two five, right? Like she really needs that. And and yeah, Nikita had to you. learn that about herself when she was used to five hours and could yep. do amazing things off of five hours, but at what risk? At yes, what, cost, what cost? Right. Mm-hmm. For your body and mm-hmm. all the things that people don't know about behind the scenes, but you know that you're dealing with usles, aches. And I was dealing with like rheumatoid arthritis type pain in my 30s. What? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. of the way that I was skating on a roller coaster, holding spinning plates with all the <laughs> major things mm-hmm. that I had going on in my life. And this is someone who had all the tools, who performed the tools, who showed other people yes, how to use the that's tools. That's right but wasn't using them for herself. So it happens to the best of us. It doesn't make you less or not as smart or not as brilliant or inferior. Nope, makes you human. Welcome to the club. Yes, it (laughs) makes you human. And I think one of the things that we can do is not give ourselves a pass, like normalize it, yes, but don't give yourself a pass to keep being that person. We all have that. It's grace without excuse, you guys. It's you show yourself grace, but no excuses tomorrow. Yes, no justified (laughs) excuses. There's um, a little uh, caveat that I, I like to think of. Most of us have that one uncle, that one cousin, that one friend that comes to the barbecue and you're like, oh my God, who invited this person? And <laughs> and right, because they're coming with a certain energy, yeah. they're a certain personality. Yeah. And there's there's another auntie or uncle or someone who's like, oh, that's just John. Mm. That's just who they are. That's just who they've always been. And the thing that comes up for me whenever I hear someone say, oh, that's just Nikita. Oh, that's just Tiffany. That's just, you know, whoever. Like, why are they just that way? Is it because we keep saying it's okay? It's okay for them to just keep cussing and fussing in front of the kids. They can just 
keep being this way, it's because we've allowed it to happen. Mm. And we have to Mm. look at ourselves the same way. Like, why are you just tolerating the fact that you're not sleeping enough? You're not getting enough protein. You're not, you don't have 10 minutes to stretch. Like what Mm. is happening in your life where it's not uh, an exception once in a while, you really just don't have the time, but every day you don't have the time. You can't take care of this body so this body can take care of you. You can't take care of this mind, this marriage, these children, right? Like we can go Mm -hmm, on and mm -hmm, on and on. This mm -hmm. new program or project you're working on is not going to write itself. It's not going to record itself. You have to make the time. And we do make time for things that we feel is not, people say things like you make time for what you want. That's not always true. I think Mm -hmm. you make time for what you feel other people will say that that was a good thing that you will mm-hmm. be validated for, out externally validated. That's the thing mm-hmm. you're more likely to put higher up versus mm-hmm. the thing that might actually mean more to you. If it means mm-hmm. more to you to, I don't know, play in the garden, and I say that very loosely, but if it, it means more for you to do that, but it has nothing to do with your business, maybe that is your therapy. Maybe that's where you need to be for 10 minutes and let God talk to you. If you are a believer, let Mm -hmm. your downloads come in. If you understand the permission to slow down does speed you up like that. Yes to less is very powerful, but you have to make room for it. You have to make room for it. Absolutely. Um, Nikita, where can people find you? You, you offer just so much so much. <laughs> I don't even need to say more than that. So much amazingness. Um, what website can people go to to find you? You do offer virtual. Mm-hmm. I saw um, virtual services as well. So where can people find you, follow you? Oh, thank you, Anna. I, I'll say the easiest place where we update all the time is thigpro.com. That's our website, T-H-I-G-P-R-O. Um, I do have a balance belief for ambitious women in business and a few brave men podcast. So, <laughs> so <cute>. I <laughs> love <you>. that. <laughs> you can listen to that everywhere podcasts are found. That's also on the website. And then the lazy overachiever is coming soon. There's a lot of stuff that we have that we release in increments. And it's mm-hmm. also most things are bespoke. They're custom to the couple or the potent human that mm-hmm. I'm working with. And when we do group programs, we try to make sure that they all align. Like you're not going into yeah. a cohort with too many different personalities that it's more complimentary. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot of conflict. Well, I love what you do. You're serving people so well, and it's such an honor to have you here. I pray God's blessing over your heart, your home, all of the amazing people that you're serving. And it was really, truly enjoyable to chat. Thank you. I'm honored. Thank you so much for listening to the Imperfectly Empowered Podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts from today. Leave an honest review of the show on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think. Remember, your story matters and you are loved.